0: Well, there were a sea of people dressed in orange today that took up about four city blocks as they gathered for the second annual National Day for Truth and Reconciliation in Winnipeg. Michael Redhead Champagne is an Indigenous activist in that city. He spoke with 680 CJOB uh, in Winnipeg's Greg Macklin, Brett McGarry, and Lauren McNabb on The Start today. about what he sees as the most pressing issue in the city, and that is the issue of Indigenous kids in care. Welcome back to The Start, Michael. Great to speak with you. How are you today?
1: Um, well, today's a really solemn day for me, and I think for many uh, Indigenous people that have family members or were personally affected by Indian residential schools, today is a very solemn day for us, um, and so I'm I'm feeling pretty serious and uh, reflecting quite a bit today on where we're at in well, Winnipeg.
0: Well, as I said to you my text message this morning as I was crafting our, our segment, as we would say behind the scenes, I was like... It doesn't matter what I want to talk about. What does Michael want to talk about? So I sent you a text message, and you said, hey, um, 94 uh, calls to action from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, but there's one that's particularly important to you. Fair to say? Yes. Well, Brett and I and and our our legions of of listeners uh, are going to sit back and listen to you talk and take it away. The microphone's yours, my friend.
1: Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for for thinking of uh, me and for having, I call that cultural humility when you are reflective of what's happening in the world around you and you recognize, hey, maybe somebody else could make a decision. So thank you um, for that. And the decision that I wanted to make today was to talk with uh, folks about Truth and Reconciliation commission Cost to Action. Um, because the one thing that I've been hearing the most throughout this past week from non-Indigenous people is, what can we do to be good partners in reconciliation? And so um, I've been able to connect with a number of different groups this week, and I often will say to the folks that, um, you know, I I will ask those groups, which Truth and Reconciliation Commission call to action are you working on as an individual? And then I'll go a bit bigger. What are you working on as a family what are you working on as a workplace and so that's a, a common question that I've been asking folks, but frequently I'll get responses back from these groups that they actually haven't read the calls to action yet and so what I want to just say to anyone who's asking what can I do to be a partner in reconciliation? we have these beautiful documents of the national of national scope where Indigenous families had to share their trauma and their pain um, from systems of family separation. And that refers to both the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. It also refers to the calls for justice from the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls inquiry. Um, It also includes the international document, the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. And so these documents hold within them uh, stories and pain and trauma that my relatives and Indigenous people have shared and the recommendations have been crafted in such a way that non-Indigenous people can be organized and focused in the way that they react or take action in response to those calls. And so the number one call to action out of the 94 TRC calls to action is reduce the number of Indigenous children in care and the amount of folks who don't know that that's the number one call to action is alarming to me, especially considering the fact that we are in the midst of what a lot of folks are calling the Every Child Matters movement. And so to me, if Every Child Matters in a province like Manitoba, where there are 10,000 plus children in care, 90,000 of whom are Indigenous, then we got to get working on addressing child welfare. Um, TRC call to action, number one, even as a city, applies to us, because how many of the folks that are struggling with homelessness um, are have lived experience in both the child welfare system or are themselves Indian residential school survivors? Because those folks out there on the street are the children that made it home. So if every child matters, we got to take care of every child, the ones uh, in the unmarked graves, the ones that made it home, and the ones that are today trying to raise up their families throughout that intergenerational trauma and pain. But we need non-Indigenous people to walk with us. And I don't want um, Indigenous people to have to parade out their hurt every National Day for Truth and Reconciliation I feel like this should be a time for non-Indigenous people to highlight the actions that they're taking and demonstrating that they heard what Indigenous people said in these calls for action, calls for justice, and international reconciliation documents.
0: When you say children, I know that there's a number that legally applies to that. We've had conversations over the years about aging out of the system and the supports that that simply disappear based on your age, not necessarily your ability to look after yourself. Is that still a concern, Michael?
1: It very much is. Um, we as Winnipeg have to do a better job of providing supports to young people as they age out of child welfare so that they don't go right from one system of family separation, CFS, into homelessness and feeling dis dispossessed of land and, and disconnected from family and dislocated from belonging. If we really think every child matters as Winnipeg, we have statistical child-related problems that we could be working on.
0: We've only got a couple of minutes here, but we had you on on this date last year, and one of the things you said was that you hoped as we move forward that we don't lose momentum, that we keep the momentum going with this movement. How A year later... What's your take on what's happened?
1: One year later, I think that I have been pleasantly surprised by pockets of leadership that I've seen in non-Indigenous systems. I've been seeing a lot of folks taking a serious look at those uh, calls to action, calls for justice I was mentioning, and seeing how they can take legitimate action and use their circle of influence or any privilege that they may happen to have and exert pressure so that Indigenous people can have a better life. And so from the Every Child Matters perspective, that means often doing what we can to support parents that are working to reunify with their children and, of course, supporting young people that are aging out of the child welfare system. So to me, Those are the main things that we need to be focusing on as Winnipeg. And so I've been seeing a lot of great progress. There's great leaders that are doing work in Voices, Manitoba's uh, Youth and Care Network. If people don't know who that is, they are leaders that connect and work with young people that are aging out of the system.
0: Michael, you have an endless supply of inspiration and uh reasons uh to speak to you and we appreciate you making time for us on this uh very day very special day uh hopefully for for all Canadians. Uh, we appreciate you immensely.
1: Thank you very much. And just the last thing that I wanna say is that Um, I want to acknowledge that I lost my mother, who herself was an Indian residential school survivor last year, and that I do this work in her honor, um, and I celebrate the fact that despite her challenges uh, within the child welfare system, she kept her language her whole life. And so that's one of the actions I'm going to be taking, looking to learn my Swampy Cree in a new language in her honor.